Happy Friday, everyone. On today's show, we look at the week that was in the NHL, including hat tricks, revenge tours, losing streaks ended, winning streaks extended, and so much more. Then we look ahead to Monday's Hockey Hall of Fame inductions and this weekend's big matchups. You're locked on NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On NHL for Friday, November 11th. Happy Veterans Day in the U.S. I am Rachel Donner from Locked On Flyers. I'm on Twitter for as long as Twitter's still around at our Miriam. I'm here with Gil Martin of Locked On Islanders. You can find him at Ice Wars NYR vs NYI. Thanks for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We're free and available on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Plus, you can watch us over on YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Gil, how are we doing today? We are good. Good weekend of hockey coming up and an exciting week that was. Uh, I, I, I am enjoying this season so far. I am. There is one thing that is bothering me a lot, which I'm sure you can commiserate with, with you covering the Islanders, me covering the Flyers, the New Jersey Devils, man. It is so frustrating to have a team that has been good on paper but hasn't been able to come through the last couple of years. I think that, you know, they're actually doing it this year, which they is good are. for them. And, and, you know, the other thing is, the Devils are, are fun to watch. I mean, you know, when they were winning 20 years ago and they played the trap, they did put a lot of people to sleep. Now they're actually an entertaining team to watch, and that's an, an encouraging thing, even if it is frustrating to our individual teams. Yes, I think that's where I settle out as well. They are currently 11-3-0, and and, you know, they have an eight-game winning streak going. Uh, just phenomenal. They've, they're finding ways to win. You know, last night they won in overtime. And I think that one of the things that has been the question mark for them for a while now is goaltending. And it's still a little shaky there, you know, with injuries, okay. et cetera. But the rest of the team is finding a way to overcome that, which is, I think, the big difference this year versus previous years. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. Sometimes winning and losing is such a fine line. And right now, early in the season, the Devils seem to be on the right side of that fine line, finding ways to win those close games, overcome their weaknesses. And they're coming up big in the clutch also, which is encouraging to see for such a young team. They are. And like you said, they're, they're a lot of fun. So uh, I'll be checking out more Devils games to check out the competition for sure as the next couple of weeks progress. Uh, the other team that added to a winning streak, the Vegas Golden Knights, they are currently 13-2-0, 26 points out west. And uh, this has been one of the most interesting surprises to me that I thought they'd be solid, but not great. And they are just having a hell of a season so far. 
They really are. And, you know, they're doing it in all phases. You, you, you see Jack Eichel healthy now and really making the impact that Vegas was hoping he would make when they acquired him. And surprisingly, they are getting some very good goaltending from goalies that a lot of people are not all that familiar with. Yeah, I think that, you know, goaltending definitely has been a huge part of their story this season. And you know, I'm I'm genuinely happy for them that, you know, they're defying expectations. And uh, you did mention Jack Eichel playing well for them. Uh, uh, that is a good transition to talking about a couple of revenge tours from last night's action. <laughs> And, uh, you know, it feels like a little bit of a revenge tour week uh, to some degree. Jack Eichel, hat trick uh, for Vegas in his old stomping grounds uh, against Buffalo. And, yeah, I don't know if it's, like, better for Vegas fans or worse for Buffalo fans that that happens. But it feels like one of those inevitable things in hockey. It, it did. And, and Buffalo fans certainly did not give him a warm welcome back to Buffalo, uh, the fans in Western New York, letting Jack Eichel know of their displeasure as to, you know, his trade demands to leave town and, and what have you. So uh, under the circumstances, Eichel had to be very satisfied getting that hat trick, getting his team the win. And I guess silencing may not be the right word, but showing up the, the fans in Buffalo that, you know, respect me, I'm still a darn good hockey player. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. And uh, I think that will be something that Jack Eichel will remember for quite some time. <laughs> I, I would be too, honestly. And uh, I think that one of the other revenge tours that happened, slightly different circumstances, but Johnny Goudreau was involved in all in, uh, three goals that the Columbus Blue Jackets had against the Flyers who were the presumptive destination for Goudreau, which didn't work out for many reasons that I could talk about for hours, but <laughs> ultimately it's uh, what Chuck Fletcher's cap strategy and personnel strategy was that led to him ultimately going to Columbus this off season. And, you know, Columbus has been off to a, a real shaky start. Uh, they have one of the worst records in hockey, one of the worst goal differentials. They've gotten blown out a few times. Now, it didn't help. They played the Global Series in Finland against the Colorado Avalanche for two games in a row. But they were well rested from the return travel. And Johnny Goudreau was raring to go uh, as John Tortorella returned to Columbus as the Flyers coach. And so it just felt like an all around revenge tour happening in that one. <laughs> And and how was the reception for Torts? Oh, it was really good. They did a nice video tribute. You know, he's the winningest coach in uh, Columbus history. So I think, you know, it was really nice. Uh, I Everything on that end was good, except for the outcome of the game from my perspective. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> no no question about that. And, and you know, Tortorella, he, there's seemingly fans and have such a love-hate relationship with him. Uh, when he's winning for your team, you love him, but it's tough to lose under a coach like John Tortorella. It is. But uh, speaking of coaches, there was another kind of mini revenge tour moment this week 
where uh, Rick Bonus returned to Dallas uh, when the Jets were facing them and won against his old team. So again, a little little bit of a revenge tour week and uh, kind of good for the Jets, man, who are so much fun right now. They are. They're playing very well. And uh, I don't think a lot of people expected it. I think, you know, a lot of people are waiting for the other shoe to drop. When is when is, are the Jets going to fall back to earth? So far, they're not doing that. So uh, it's been a nice ride so far this season. On the other side of things, earlier this week, the Pens finally broke that long losing streak. They won against the Washington Capitals on Wednesday, uh, much to the chagrin of us, but good for Pens fans. And I think this is a team that's going to be able to recover, right? This They just have too much talent to not be able to overcome this. It's good that they had this early in the season, and I predict they'll they'll get back to their regular winning ways every year for the past two or three years everyone's been saying this is a year that the penguins and the capitals get old and they don't they just don't so you know the 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 slow start by both of those teams definitely should be a concern but i agree with you i think pittsburgh in particular will be back and and will be a contending team for a playoff spot in the metropolitan division yeah, over in the Atlantic Division, uh, Boston is still going strong, uh, undefeated at home. They just beat Calgary last night, the fastest start at home for the Bruins ever. I think they're 8-0-0. So, uh, again, Boston, kind of like Winnipeg, I think is outperforming expectations in the best way possible. Tough to win in TD Garden for a road team, no question about that, and and Boston, yeah, they're, they're really off to a great start, matching the best home win streak to start a season in franchise history, which was set back in 83-84, I believe. So you're going back almost 40 years, and it's impressive. It is. Well, also impressive are this year's Hockey Hall of Fame class members, and we are going to be talking about them next. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports, and of course, hockey. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you could find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available wherever you get your podcasts, plus over on YouTube. Gil, we have a really good Hockey Hall of Fame class coming up for induction on Monday, and it's a kind of a Swedish theme <laughs> to it. Uh, and I think, of course, the kind of marquee 
guys being inducted are Henrik and Daniel Sedin. Uh, I have talked about this before, but I am obsessed with hockey siblings and the fact that we have two being inducted into the Hall of Fame together is phenomenal. And I, you know, I think that one might be able to argue that Henrik is the weaker of the two in terms of of candidate kudos or credentials, but I don't know. And I feel like he kind of gets, you know, shoved aside a little bit sometimes. So he is the Canucks all-time leader in assists and points and games played, but Daniel has the lead in goals. So I do think this is absolutely valid. I, I do too. Look, the guy, the setup guys never get respect, uh, not or at least not the same kind of respect that the goal scorers get. And you look at Henrik Sedin, three straight years leading the league in assists, leading the league in points in 2009-2010, over a 1,000 points for his career. The credentials are definitely there, and it is also very fitting. Could you imagine if they let in one Sedin twin and not the other, like, at the same time? They have to go in together. It's just the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, they've done everything together for their NHL career and, you know, including being drafted consecutively in the in the same draft. You know, famously, the Canucks making that huge deal to get those two picks in a row playing together for all those years in Vancouver. My my big question is, do you think they'll go up there together and give like consecutive speeches? And if so, who goes first? (laughs) Flip a coin, you know? Yeah, <laughs> or will they go alphabetically and have Daniel go first? There, there you go. Yeah, it, th- this should be their biggest problem on what promises to be a very special weekend for the Sedine family, and uh, both of them really deserving of this honor. And, I mean, clearly two of the greatest players in Vancouver Canucks history and deserving inductees into the uh, Hockey Hall of Fame. Yeah, absolutely. And the Swedish celebration continues, of course, with Daniel Alfredson getting his Hockey Hall of Fame nod. And, you know, he was the captain of the Sens for 13 years. That's, you know, one of the longest tenured captains in NHL history. And, um, you know, only he and Alex Ovechkin are non-North American captains of teams for that long a period. Um, I guess Zineno Chara was as well for for a shorter period of time. But I think that, um, you know, this has been a long time coming. I think Sens fans have been beating the drum for this for a a while, and it just felt like a battle of attrition until they finally (laughs) let them in. But, you know, Daniel Alfredson has the credentials. You know, he won the Calder. He's won the King Clancy and the Marc Messier Award. And, you know, he's got over 1,100 career points, and that's nothing to sneeze at. You know, he he was such a model of consistency and a leader, as you mentioned, by the captaincy. He definitely deserved to be in. I know there were some that said, oh, he's a little bit of an accumulator. He wasn't a dominant player. But if you watch Daniel Alfredson play, 
uh, you understand that he belongs here in the Hockey Hall of Fame. As you said, more than 1,100 points, 17 years with the Ottawa Senators, and uh, just a great player to watch and a deserving Hall of Famer. Yeah, he was just like a, a real strong presence for the Ottawa Senators. He just embodied what that era of the Senators was about and provided that leadership that you said that it really, you know, they had some good runs during his tenure there as well. And, and I think that he, he is well deserving of this, you know, you can argue here and there about who deserves it first versus right. somebody else. But ultimately I think Daniel Alvarezin deserves his spot in the hall of fame. I am excited to see his speech as well. I get very weepy and sentimental during these speeches. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, regardless of, you know, who these guys played for um, and the women as well that, are getting inducted. And uh, I think one of the bigger surprises for this year was Roberto Luongo. And I think that for me, again, I felt like he could have waited a little bit, but still deserves to be there. So I'll take it. And I, I love that he's a guy who has, you know, over 200 wins with multiple teams. And you know, to be able to do that, you know, for the Canucks and the Panthers and, you know, establish really solid runs for two teams is quite an accomplishment. It is. And, you know, he had two different tours of duty down in Florida. Luongo was a, a goalie who he always kept his team in games. Very rarely would he start a game and his team would be out of it. And, you know, some of the teams that he was on did well mostly because of him he he was able to carry clubs that were not necessarily deep and talented and, and make them better than the sum of their parts never did win a, a stanley cup but a two-time all-star a jennings trophy winner a former first round pick of the new york islanders who then traded him when they uh uh traded him when they drafted rick di pietro which didn't exactly work out but uh that's a tough one yeah that was a tough one but uh overall uh you know a great career and a deserving hall of famer i agree maybe he could have waited a little longer but to me he belongs in the hall and it's great to see him there absolutely uh we have a couple of other inductees uh herb carnegie in the builders category good to finally see that happen just one of the pioneers of uh, black hockey players and did so much to expand the reach of the game over his lifetime and uh, one of those moments that'll be good. Yeah, long overdue, very much deserved. And uh, it's a shame he was getting inducted, you know, after he passed away, passing away back in 2012. Uh, one of the better players to never play in the National Hockey League and to have him finally get this kind of recognition, it's it's long overdue and well-deserved. Yeah, and then on the women's side, we have Rika Salinen, and she is the first women's player from outside North America to be inducted to the Hall of Fame. Uh, she played for the Finnish national team over, you know, a huge span 
eight world championships and she was in two Olympics, uh, helped lead her team to bronze medals a couple of times in the Olympics. And, you know, she's just got a legendary status in Finland. She's got a trophy named after her over there and everything. And it's really good to see the Hockey Hall of Fame expand the reach of the women's inductees over to Europe. I think that's an important element of growing the women's game. Um, Now we just need more than one slot per year and it'll be better. Yeah, no, this is a great honor. And the amazing thing, all the things she accomplished, she had issues with her knees throughout the course of of her career. Imagine if she would have been healthy uh, the full time and not had the knee issues. She was amazing as it was, but the potential, had she stayed healthy, would have been even higher. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we look forward to that ceremony on Monday, and they're going to kick off the celebration weekend with a game tonight. We'll get into that one, plus all of the weekend action coming up next. Gil, we were just talking about the Hockey Hall of Fame inductions on Monday. The Pittsburgh Penguins are at the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight in their weekend kickoff for the Hockey Hall of Fame activities. So uh, most of the inductees should be there, I believe, and they're going to have little, I'm sure, film clips and all that. So that should be a fun game to watch. That should be. And I, I love the Hall of Fame weekend and the ceremonies and just having all those great hockey players come back in, into Toronto for the, for the, for the, you know, whole celebration. So that's great. And then having some great players on the ice for a game between the Penguins and the Maple Leafs just spices it up that much more. Yeah, now that the Pens have settled that losing streak, I think, you know, focusing on a, a team like Toronto should be good and they sh- they should be raring to go. So it'll be a good game on and off the ice for sure. Uh, the other game that I'm really interested in that night is Tampa at Washington. And they're doing a home and home this weekend, Friday and Sunday. So they're in Washington on Friday and then in Tampa on Sunday. Uh, the Caps are just below 500 right now. Tampa is crawling back. They're just above, but coming off a loss. And so I think both teams are really going to want to, you know, dominate this home and home series. Yeah. And, and it'll be entertaining hockey. I mean, certainly all eyes have been on Alexander Ovechkin early in the season as he <clears throat> tied and then passed Gordy Howe for the most goals on one team in a career. And, uh, you know, the Caps have been pretty inconsistent and a little banged up. Meanwhile, Tampa Bay starting to seemingly right the ship. Two talented teams should be two very good hockey games. It should. Uh, I'm very excited about that one. Another team to keep an eye on is the Seattle Kraken. They've been winning uh, pretty nicely over the last little stretch, and they are hosting the Minnesota Wild, who have been, I would say, inconsistent is the right word to use to describe them. Uh, In the U.S., that's the ESPN Plus Hulu game tonight, and uh, I would venture that Seattle's going to do everything they can to keep this streak going. They are looking good here in year two and uh, Minnesota disappointing start six, six and one through 13 games. They need to pick it up. 
should be an intense game out in Seattle. Yeah. Saturday is another great day of action. Uh, for me, I am focused on the afternoon matchup at home for the Flyers against uh, Claude Giroux and the Ottawa Senators. Uh, these two teams faced each other last week, so it hasn't been that long since we've seen uh, the Sens and Flyers play each other, but we're back in Philly this time, and it's the first time Giroux will be back playing in, in Philly in a different uniform. and. Uh, I was talking about this a little bit on the Flyers show, but I really think, you know, when we had the Giroux 1000th game ceremony, that was his last game as a Flyer. And there were a lot of mixed emotions there that it was supposed to be really celebratory, but it was also kind of like awake. And this will be, uh, you know, a little bit of time has passed now and we'll be able to really celebrate Giroux's time as a Flyer in, in I think, a better way. I, I think so too. And I think he'll get a very <clears throat> warm welcome. Uh, on his return to Philly, and that's encouraging as well. Yeah. Uh, one game that'll be a lot of fun, should be high scoring, is the Edmonton Oilers and Florida Panthers. Yeah, I mean, I, I was joking, take the over uh, uh, before we started recording. A lot of uh, talented offensive players on both teams, and uh, should be an entertaining hockey game if you like goals. Yes, indeed. Uh, another good game on Saturday is Boston at Buffalo. And, you know, obviously Buffalo just got shellacked by Jack Eichel and Vegas. And so to have to turn around and play another top team like Boston, I think it'll be a good benchmark test for Buffalo. It's like, can they recover from a loss like that? Yeah, they got off to a great start this season. They've sort of come down to earth a little bit, seven and seven now. So, you know, the Sabres need to sort of figure out who they are and whether or not they're really going to be contenders this year. Can't get into those early season slumps too badly. Pivotal game for them at home. Yeah. And uh, I think the other game I'm focused on is Carolina at Colorado. Two top teams matching up against each other, high scoring. Uh, Svechnikov with a, another hat trick this season and so I, this is one i really want to see and it, it promises to be a really fast paced game yeah if you like skating carolina colorado is a great game to watch and colorado even though they're not 100 percent healthy uh starting to rise closer to the top now seven four and one on the season uh this is this will be a very entertaining game I think so, too. Uh, and then Sunday, we have Winnipeg at Seattle. Uh, Seattle could potentially be on a six-game win streak at this point. And Winnipeg, uh, you know, atop the Central right now. We were talking about them earlier in the show. And I, I think this will be a good uh, level-setting moment for both teams. Like, is Winnipeg as good as they think? Is Seattle as good as they think? And you know, what style of game is this going to be? It will be more of a grinding game than the finesse games that we've talked about. But at the same time, I think, you know, will be a, a good show. A absolutely. And, and a good test for both of these teams who have exceeded expectations uh, coming into this early part of the season. And uh, one of them will pick up the two points. Well, that is a, a very bold prediction there, <laughs> Kill. <laughs> Someone will win this game. This game, that's right. <laughs> All right.
that'll do it for today's show. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, Gil, you'll be back Monday uh, checking in on NHL teams with Locked On hosts from around the league. We'll both be back next Friday to recap the week that was for next week. Uh, once again, you can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. Gil is on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. You made us your first listen. For your second listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. You can go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great weekend, everyone.